The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond. What? Yeah, you got to get off your phone. Beyond. The doing... dog is here. All right, everybody. Welcome to Beyond. Uh, my name is Max Scoville. I'm joined today by Brian Altano. Hey, Br- Beyond. Andrew Goldfarb. <laughs> Marty Sleva. I think bringing the dog on was a great move. And That's really good. Currently gonna... licking Andrew in the face is my dog, Peppers. Oh, if, you, uh, Peppers. if you're not watching the video for the show, you should because you can see Goldfarb have his first kiss. Look at that. <laughs> he's getting in there real good. Okay, right. it's the end of the year. So, Christmas well, is almost here, and he's is, really getting in deep in the dog's mouth. This, all right. This is going to be a fun episode. We're basically just going to look back at 2017 real quick. But first, uh, our good friend James Duggan is here with a very special message. James, take it away. Today's Podcast Beyond giveaway is presented by God of War The Lost Pages. In celebration of God of War, we're giving away a $100 PlayStation Store gift card for your gaming enjoyment. Just go to ign.formstack.com forward slash forms forward slash podcast beyond underscore sweepstakes for a chance to win. And let's be honest, if you can remember that URL, you deserve to win. Check out the God of War podcast, The Lost Pages of Norse Myth on iTunes and Google Play for official game lore and in-depth interviews with Santa Monica Studio. A new episode is available each month leading up to God of War's release. Back to you, Max. Thank you, James. That was very nice. Uh, Now let's get into things. It's 2017. It's almost over. I want to, can we rank the months? No. Top 12 months? It takes way too much work. Um, like for PlayStation? No, just in general. Just in oh, I, uh, I like I like November a lot. November's an okay. No, actually, wait, no. November sucks. Oh, never mind. Why? I'm wrong. Bad one. Why? Oh, uh, got Thanksgiving. You got pumpkin pie. It's right between pumpkins and Santa Claus. It's fine. You don't have to go to school. You're you're 30. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's true. That's true. I, I don't know. I just don't like November that much. It's it's, it's a good. I like, I look forward to November. What is it's it when fall begins? Is like it? Fall. It's your birthday. Yeah. I mean, in spite of that, I, mean, I think it's a testament to how crappy November is that my Thanksgiving, in it. Pepper, your birthday. Pepper's got his hair on my straw. Election I'm day. The hair. So this is going to be bad. So anyway, problem. the point of the show was to talk about PlayStation games. Black uh, Friday for all the hottest sales. Look at all of the hair on the table. It's a dog. What do you want? Uh, I think we should start in January. That's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> you got any more great ideas? I think we should start in January. You should open up a calendar business, Marty. What a novel approach. January had all sorts of, of really cool things. I think my two favorite things were Gravity Rush 2 yeah. and Resident Evil 7, especially the scary one in VR that I didn't like to play because it was too scary for me. Yeah, this was a pretty awesome way to start the year. Uh, a couple of years ago, there was uh, basically 
a, t- a quiet time of year. We don't have that anymore. Yeah. Um, so this was really cool to sort of come into the new year uh, and put on our VR hats and and piss our pants. <laughs> well, and just like <laughs> way to ring in the new year. Like, <laughs> Resident Evil Seven was such a question mark of like what like because Resident Evil Five and Six totally lost the way. Like yeah. I forgot what Resident Evil was, yeah. and part of that is Resident Evil Four's fault and the success of that because Resident Evil Four is incredible, but it totally changed what that series is. Uh, but I, I'm so happy that Resident Evil Seven came along, and the first two thirds of Resident Evil Seven were it's awesome. Such a fascinating franchise because after Seven, I sort of went on a kick again and played through a bunch of the old ones, and I played through uh, Remake and 4, and then I got a little bit into 0 before realizing that I hate the first third of that game, and then like the rest of it. But um, that's a franchise that split into like three separate universes, and now it's a first-person VR shooter, sort of. I mean, this is like as close to a reboot as we're probably going to get with the series. Oh, 100%. The beginning of that game, you wouldn't even know it was a Resident Evil game, and like I, I think it's especially cool that they have supported it until what like two months ago there was still DLC coming literally out? came out a week ago I oh, mean yeah. we all yeah. we you all played yeah. demos for Resident Evil 7 at events for like a year without we didn't knowing realize that kitchen demo yeah the yeah. kitchen yeah. demo for, for PSVR we had no idea what that even was yeah. and it turns out we were playing like a weird slight vertical slice of what Resident Evil 7 ended up being yeah. I called it a first person shooter it's really not I mean sure. it is in, in a very minimalist sort of way uh, but it, I, I, it brings back the sort of item and ammo conservation it brings back item boxes it brings back um i would say t- the terror that was missing in that franchise for a very long time um four is one of my favorite video games of all time so on some days it is my favorite video game of all time the, it brought the series in a direction that it never really landed back on mm-hmm. again five and six sort of lost the way yeah um, six isn't scary even a little bit like yeah. it's straight then up it's been game. the revelations games yeah There's a lot of sort of tangents yeah and i think a yeah. lot of people said like i like the survival elements of resident evil and other people said i like the uh, action elements of resident evil and this game really brought those together in a way I think that no other game has since mm-hmm. four. Um, even the the revelations and all that other stuff has tried to come close, but never really did. Um, so I love this game. You know, we talk about a lot about how like the last third of this game is kind of a pain. Yeah. But uh, I think it kind of loses its way then. But yeah, I, I think, think once you get to the that. boat, yeah. Um, but everything up to there, like in this, I I don't know. It's playing through Resident Evil Seven in one sitting is like one of my favorite memories of this year. Did you play through it in one sitting? Yeah, Alana and I played it at the office until like five in the morning. Oh, God. Yeah, Yeah, it was great. And then we just got progressively more drunk. And so I associate also the end of that game with being really drunk. Um, Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) honestly, like I really, I'm just not a really big horror guy, you know? Like I kind of, I feel like I'll give it a spin one of these days, but like, I don't know. I love I love what it does with like space. Like we we screwed around for a second for some let's play or something, but the fact that it really it commits to creating a believable environment, mm-hmm. I think that's incredibly key to games and it's kind of stupid how often that that doesn't happen. Like yeah. it's just a, yeah. a, the difference between an environment and a level, I think. And that was a proper environment. That yeah. was a house that had like a sense of kind of space to it. Yeah, and it it feels designed like a house for the most part. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, windy, cavernous video yeah. game nonsense. In space silly place, silly puzzle keys or whatever. Yeah, of course, and that'll always be there. But I don't um, know why the hillbillies made such uh, elaborate puzzles. Well, one of them's actually really smart. I think that was just... They didn't really have anything else to do. I don't so know. It's, a good old, it's a good old agricultural pastime, the puzzle. Look at that dude at the end of True Detective. You know, he made some nonsense. Oh, like Carcosa. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, now, shifting gears entirely, we're going to be jumping around a lot here. Gravity Rush 2. Yeah. Um, Woo. I didn't even touch this game. Did you guys like? Did you? Yeah, yeah, I played it's a bit. Yeah, okay. Gorgeous and amazing. Like I love Gravity Rush One, but this is just like this one. Like I care about the story. I think Cat is a great character. I actually never beat it. I really need to go back and do mm-hmm. that. That's but, gonna be one of those. I think I'm gonna play this over break because yeah. everything I did play from it is is, is such a gorgeous addition to because you know the original one was made for Vita, whereas this yep. is from the grounds up for PS4. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's 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 such a bummer that it got not wasted on the Vita, but that it was kind of like it, that was one of those kind of like flagship t- titles for the Vita, and it introduced people to this universe, and then it, it always had that kind of like. I mean, they remastered it for PS4, the first one, mm-hmm. but the, the, this was a sequel to a game that not a lot of people played initially because it was for Vita. So, yeah. Um, I'm worried because, you know, clearly this game didn't sell super well, so I'm worried that this is sort of the end of the series. Yeah. You it might be. What's I hope it has a long tail. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping, I, I would love to see Japan Studio kind of give it one last try and, and maybe do. Sure. I don't know. I, like, I even think that you'd be such a cool VR experience just in yeah. that world. Well, and I mean, we'll go into more of it, but like this year was huge for Japan Studios as a whole. I mean, yeah. starting even at the very end of last year with Last Guardian and then working through Gravity Rush 2 and then other games we'll play later. And then the last January thing, Max, was yeah. Yakuza uh, this Zero. This is definitely one of my games of the year. I'm actually torn between which of the Yakuza games I played. Yakuza Zero is the one that is sort of the full uh, full prequel uh, set in the 1980s and introduces you kind of these characters. If you, I mean, if you've been playing the series for a while, you're not getting introduced, but it's kind of that whole like flashback approach. Um, I like, I completely fell in love with this game. I, was, I wasn't sure what to expect. People were like, Hey, it's really goofy. There's a lot of like funny side quests. You know, there's strange mini games. It just overall has a very kind of like, I mean, I was kind of, I immediately was like, this is like everything I sort of love about Metal Gear and The Witcher. And it's all like set in 80s Tokyo. So, like, that felt like a game kind of made for me. Yeah, is this right. the one we did a Let's Play of? Uh, I think so. Okay, yeah, because yeah. it's one of like, my favorite Let's Plays of the year because it, it felt like. I don't know. I felt like my son was showing me something he really loved. <laughs> yeah, what I love is that there's this. There, I mean, I think Yakuza was was a huge thing this year, and I think next year it's going to kind of continue to get people on board yeah. because they're doing six and Kiwami two. Uh, both of those are going to be in like a new engine. Um, but this year was like Sega was kind of like, screw it, let's just get it out there. Let, let's let's put this out in the world for people to play. And uh, I don't know. Zero is like is so completely over the top, and it's it is the it is the eighties, and like you you hit people and money literally flies out of them. Mm. Like it's so completely like just bonkers um but there's like a cool story there um so yeah we'll talk about kuami in a second when that, that came out what like six months afterwards mm-hmm. yeah um i mean yakuza has such a unique humor to it like mm-hmm. it is so like i haven't played either one of them but watching clips i'm like how is this a real game it's also like, so earnest yeah like, there's so much like really weirdly heartfelt stuff in there where you're like this is so dumb but i totally care mm-hmm. <laughs> how come we never got an earnest game uh, Ernest, Ernest goes to Japan. The importance of being Ernest. <laughs> oh, Jim, Jim Barney hated games. He was not a fan. Yeah, he didn't want to. He didn't want to see that. I, no, I have no idea. Yeah, was were any of his properties ever in a game? No, I think I there was like an Ernest doll for a they second. They make Beverly Hills Billies for Super Nintendo. <laughs> did they? I feel like they no, did. No, I made that up. Okay. That, that sounds like it would absolutely a bit of thing. Yeah. Uh, now, moving on to February, one of the biggest games of the year, just kind of right out the gate, was Horizon Zero Dawn, which what is kind of insane. What a good game. It feels like it should have been like a November game. That, also, that feels like it was several years ago. And not yeah. Dude, right? Ten months ago. That, when that game came out, like it felt like a whole different year because that, yeah. that was pre-Switch. That was pre- mm-hmm. so much stuff that happened and... I think the fact that we still talk about it and the fact that it's very much a part of the Game of the Year conversation proves how impactful it is. Well, and it's going to remain probably the best-looking, one of the best-looking games of this generation. Yeah. So yeah. by the time this episode goes up, we'll give out uh, our Game of the Year awards, yep. and it won uh, for best technical achievement. Like, we split the art category into two things, and so I think Cuphead took art direction, whereas this took sort of just technical graphics. I mean, yeah. that game and Zelda in the same, kind of in the same you know three, week. two weeks was it week it was <laughs> yeah like, literal yeah, week a little yeah it was kind of nuts those games looking at both of those i'm like why would you make those because you have to top them yeah, yeah. like they <laughs> right they're like they kind of painted themselves into a corner like what is what is uh gorilla going to do next after this well that's sort of like the the kind of diminishing re- returns of the video game industry in general right like mm-hmm. constantly surpassing the last achievement that just happened um to a point where it's it's almost impossible to say 
how like where the, where the edge of this is, right? This could yeah. go on forever. I think what was so special about this game, and I truly deeply adore this game. Like this is, I have such a fond connection with this with this world and the 50 hours i spent in it and i got very lucky in that the second i finished it i came into work and caleb one of our producers here was like hey do you want to sit down for an hour and do a let's play with the, the two lead designers and creators of the studio and everything like that and and just like pick their brain and fight dinosaurs for an hour and we just did this hour-long let's play which is still somewhere you can find hopefully i don't even know how to find anything on ign personally i've been here for eight years <laughs> it's still somewhere you can find just hopefully google google i just don't even it's not <laughs> um but no i i got to sit down with them and talk to them for like an hour and then i saw them again at the game awards and it was just like i saw their game on stage and there's just so many there's just so many there's such it's such an incredible technical achievement it's such an artistic achievement it is also like from a PlayStation fan perspective so stunning because i thought for the longest time the PS4 is in this incredible powerhouse of of graphics and sound and just beautiful art that can be put into one package and naughty dog were the kings and queens of that for the longest time and the way that their games are sort of set up it, it's a lot more driven narratively and through sort of funneled through these smaller environments. And we got to see things open up a little more with Uncharted 4 and Lost Legacy. But Horizon is a massive world oh, yeah. yeah like that it's 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 astounding that you walk into this space and they sort of gatekeep the um the fast travel from you for a very long time uh purposely and i asked them about that i'm like why would you do that like i wanted to go everywhere and they're like because we made a cool thing we want you to see it yeah. yeah you know we want you to walk around and like stop and like like smell the coffee you know like yeah. look at look at this world look at these flowers look at this these trees not to smell the coffee yeah weird you never heard that? No. No, because it's not no, real. It's also, it's there's that, no yeah. coffee. You got to stop and smell the coffee, no, man. You have to stop and collect the mugs so you nope. can unlock the power. Stop and smell the uh, coffee. Uh, this I, also, I think it's, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say this game also took uh, Gorilla from a well-liked developer to a developer that we're going to now look forward to their games yeah. in the same breath as FromSoft or mm-hmm. Naughty Dog or Rockstar. Like, they are that now. Yeah, like, I mean, they're, I like, totally they're, they're, they're like... They're part of yeah, that pedigree. Sony yeah. portfolio that I think PlayStation fans know them very well, but, like, Killzone was sort of one of those franchises that, like, everyone talked about, everyone knew what it was, that I don't think there were, like, as many Killzone fans in this office, certainly, as there are now no. Horizon fans. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, I feel like it's a much more palatable um, sort of mainstream game. Also, it's really exciting because that game is gorgeous and is like a technical masterpiece, and that engine is going to power Kojima's game. Yeah, yeah. And that yeah. you know, Decima could be this new incredible frontier for PlayStation games. Yeah, I hope so. I um, completely agree with you, Marty. That the, these guys are now Gorilla is now a a triple A dev on on the same level as Rockstar or Naughty Dog or, yeah. or Naughty Dog Honestly, or anybody yeah. like that. And it, I think that like we will we will all be watching what they do next. Mm-hmm. And I think that like it also it's sort of their 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 talent with this game uh, and their pedigree crescendoed with the. Uh, the sales of the PS4, which also made this like a dominant sales hit. Mm-hmm. Like with Killzone, it was sort of a fan favorite for a while, and it sold pretty well. But like it's kind of tied to PS3, and the early PS3 years were kind of rocky sales wise. And yeah. Shadowfall is it's such a launch title. It is yeah. a launch title in every way. You know, it, I mean, it, it's yeah. funny though because to me, Killzone was always the. You can make a lot of arguments, and and this generation, it's it's clear that gaming portfolio wise, that uh, Sony has a better portfolio than Microsoft. Yeah, just in terms of exclusive and first mm-hmm. parties. But my thing with Killzone was always like, as someone who loved Xbox and 360, I'm always like, why would I play this if I could go play Halo? Right. Like yeah, it was just always that thing. That's what like, I was that say. was yeah, the like. It was always a, a notch below that. Whereas Horizon is among the greatest open world games ever made. Yes. 
Totally. I mean, yeah. Horizon is, uh, without hesitation, the best-looking game I've played on a, a console. Yeah. Like, yeah. ever. Like, I remember playing, uh, I think for a second it was Uncharted 4, and looking at yeah. that and being like, this has incredible amounts of detail. And, you know, it's Uncharted game. It's it's fairly linear, and, like, the, the, the AI for enemies is, like, they're going to throw grenades at you and shoot at you, but there's not any sense of, like, this is a living world. Yeah. And then you th- jump in Horizon, and it looks the same, and then there's, like, I don't know, crocodiles trying to, like... Fight these antelopes or whatever, yeah. and there's yeah. just people walking around, and, and every blade of grass is incredible. And then there's a photo mode on top of it. Well, that. and it it's looks insane. It looks good on a launch PS4, and then it looks next world on a PS4 yep. Pro on a 4K TV. Yep. It's also at the end of the day, um, it's a video game, and it kind of knows it, right? Like you walk around that world, and it's about collecting stuff and upgrading and hunting. But and it gathering. doesn't waste your time. Like no. it's also like a, a, you know, just as like an RPG nerd, like that's a game that really respects like when you're doing a side quest specifically to mine something like mm-hmm. it makes sure that like you're getting what you need out of it you know it's yeah. not a game where you feel like you're grinding and wasting your time yeah. you're grinding with a purpose and when you pull back on that map i mean it's basically super mario world like it's like there's like a underwater area or there's yeah. like a water area there's a fire area yeah, yeah, there's yeah. like a you know like there's a basically a desert and yeah. there's a snow area the and they all sort of the they all, yeah they all blend into each other it doesn't really matter like there's no actual uh, you know geographical place in the universe where that would make any sense at all but who cares <laughs> yeah. you know it's fun yeah, yeah pretty much uh now other end of the spectrum entirely night in the woods um <laughs> This is one of my favorite games. I think that, yeah, this is like this and 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 Yakuza. This is on this on this list for sure. This is weird little kind of two dimensional adventure adventure platforming game. You play as a cat who is home from college in a world full of animals, and it's got this incredibly sort of dark, like almost like like Daniel Close Ghost World meets Richard Scarry uh-huh. yeah. kind of feel to it. Uh, that is a substantial game too. Like, yeah, like a, a solid story in there. Yeah, and, and uh, this is definitely one of those games I need to play through and finish uh, over yeah. break. But everyone who played it says it does that thing where if life is strange, sort of drop the ball on how on, on sounding like how teenagers or people in their early twenties disenfranchised kids sound. Like this game nails it. Yeah, despite the fact that he plays animals. I honestly, it's it's funny. Um, everyone was kind of uh, you know applauding Hellblade, which did we get that? On? Yeah. yeah, we got that on here. Uh, for being you know for being a game about mental illness, that was a game about like schizophrenia paired with Norse mythology. And I think my big issue with that is that if you screw up one of them, you can blame it on the other. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't quite nail schizophrenia, we're like, well, it's also about myths, so it's not entirely real. And if you screw up the Norse mythology, you're like, well, she's also schizophrenic. In the case of Night in the Woods, yeah, it's a bunch of cartoon animals running around, but it I feel like it tackles. Um, depression and anxiety and and just trying to cope with with real life and go, coming into adulthood and it does it in a way that's that's very grounded you know it's like oh your parents are having money troubles there's it's there's an immediate kind of relatability there it's not like it's not masked in this sort of fantastical approach mm-hmm. it feels and it also I, I love that it's it's got all this stuff in there but it's not like first and foremost like this is a game about being sad it's kind of like this is a game about it's about the, the game is the game. It's a game yeah. about animals doing stuff and about, running around. Yeah, despite the fact there's no human beings, it's a game about human beings. Yeah, which is very strange, mm-hmm. but I um, highly recommend that to everybody. Uh, moving on to March, uh, Near Automata. Speaking of games about human what? beings that aren't about human beings, uh, yeah, Near is definitely one of those games that uh, I overlooked when it first came out, and then. I played through the A ending. I was like, I don't really get what people are talking about about this game. But then you realize that, that I don't even know why they do the A ending thing. Because it's like, well, the games, if you stop after the A, a ending, that's being like, I finished Zelda. And it's like, well, you beat two of the It, it doesn't even beasts, sound like so those like, are endings. Like, yeah. they're, they're called endings right. almost like a wink and a nod or something. Yeah. But, it sounds um, like pretty much but it's such unbridled and fearless creativity and willingness to do weird fourth wall breaking things. And like really like carrying the sort of that torch that 
Kojima had with Metal Gear and while in the interim obviously we'll get with Death Stranding afterwards but the game is rough around the edges I don't like the combat I think the game's sort of ugly um, and the open world can be a little bit boring and bland but what it does narratively and with the characters and especially the music in this game which is my favorite soundtrack of the year um, yeah this is one of those things if you haven't played again go back you could probably get this for like 20 or 30 bucks and it's uh, some of the most sort of out there out of left field ideas yeah I mean I think the, the best games ever are the ones that have something between like kind of in the margins between the easily describable stuff yeah, you know totally. the fact that it's like a, you're like oh i don't really love the world and some, it's kind of rough around the edges and you know there's all these yeah. things that sound like major disqualifiers but clearly there's something special there for how much totally yeah about it, so. it's t- totally one of those games i'm so glad i didn't have to review this and put a score like it's games <laughs> yeah. like this where i hate putting a score on it because i'm like yeah the technical stuff that make a game i'm like it's not great but the those sort of intangible things it does so incredibly well mm-hmm. i have to go back and play it like yeah. that sounds so up my alley yeah, yeah. Uh, now you might remember this one, God. Mass Effect Andromeda. Isn't that that's when I wrote that down? Yeah. I was like, that was this year. I can't believe that. Yeah. that that was this year. It's also crazy to think about like that is on the same engine as Battlefront Two, yeah. which looks night and day better. Like, yeah, it, yeah. And yeah. everyone truly, deeply loved both of those games. <laughs> I mean, there was no backlash at all, and yeah. EA's had a wonderful year. I put that on here just sort of to be. In, this is like indicative of yeah. this is EA as a whole between the the Mass Effect backlash, the fact that that franchise is now on hiatus, yep. the massive turnover at Bioware, which led to Corey Hudson coming back, mm-hmm. which is yep. interesting because he came up with the idea for Anthem and then left and then came back and was like, well, now we're doing Anthem. Yeah, There was uh, also that controversy in FIFA where they made the ball gigantic by accident. It was so big. For two whole months it, was, it wouldn't fit in the goal. And it had its own gravity. Yeah, and to shrink <laughs> it, you had to throw money at it. <laughs> That's not real. Uh, Don't write it. But yeah, I feel like, I feel like the lone, like, sort of the bright spots that everyone is looking at at EA this year, you know, and then you have Visceral Closing and, and, and Battlefront and everything are uh, at E3, everyone's seeing Anthem, and then also at E3 and then again at uh, the Game Awards was a way out. Yeah. Right. So I feel like if 2017 was EA getting knocked on the jaw a couple times, at least 2018 and beyond looks and promising. And Faye. Yeah, let's hope yeah. so. Um, I feel like yeah. we're not going to see, uh, what is it, Anthem for quite some time, I don't. Though. I definitely I, do not think I, that's a I especially season. think they need to be so careful with the, the microtransactions. In that oh, game. yeah. <laughs> I uh, think that they probably had this, like, rock-solid, completely insane, money-hungry plan going into Anthem, and right now they're gutting all of it. Yeah, I mean, they were probably, their... like, that, that was probably like, oh, you can change the season by paying for it and all of a sudden we gotta stop we gotta rein this yeah. in well, especially if this is their destiny game which yeah. is, is their game as a service they're gonna release Anthem and support it for three years yeah I think 2018 as because I, I assume we're gonna start sunsetting this generation in the next couple of years right like we're, yeah. we're getting it's getting long in the tooth so 2018 is when everyone is gonna make that last ditch destiny like game you yeah. know and it's yeah. like we're gonna we're definitely gonna start seeing it from every single publisher I'm so fascinated to see how EA specifically handles it now yeah yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm really interested in this. I couldn't tell you, like, I'm not a business person, but I couldn't tell you if we'll ever see the Mass Effect franchise again. I, I think it was incredibly stupid of them to release this so close to Mass Effect 3. Like, right. I feel like they should have put out something else, a new thing. I know that obviously there's, there's you know, there's like, what is it, brand recognition or whatever. Uh, but... Yeah, like after Mass Effect 3, which was the last, I feel like the last time we had a backlash against EA on the scale of, of Battlefront 2. But that was, what, five years ago? That was a while ago. Yeah. And I don't know, they it, it, it just never felt, 
It never felt like it was on the scale. Like I feel like they should have. This should have been. Did Casey Hudson come back for this game? No, he, he came back for came Anthem back afterwards. Yeah, okay. um, yeah. I mean, I I love that guy, and I'm really interested to see what he does next. Yeah. Uh, I think he's a smart dude, and I think he runs a great studio. But I don't. I like the thing is, I don't know what the value to one of these brands is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same thing we'll talk about Battlefront later. But I don't know. Like I don't know if you just retire that name. Like I think I think I feel like it's just kind of. Haunted at this point. I mean, point. This I think why it's do- going to be a fascinating year for Bioware no matter what. Because, mm-hmm. like, if you look at, like, the last Dragon Age game, won our game of the year, you know, and yeah. Mass Effect is one of the most revered franchises of last gen. This generation, you know, the heads of the company left, the most of the creative forces left. Bioware Montreal got folded into Motive. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's they, crazy, yeah. You talk about EA's bad year, but, like, Bioware specifically, it's it's all over the place. So I'm, I'm really curious to see what yeah. Anthem does for them because totally. that and whatever the next Dragon Age is if those do really well, maybe we do see Mass Effect again. If those games don't do well, maybe we don't see Bioware again. Yeah. It's a really fascinating couple of years. I mean, I worry about Bioware under EA. I think that EA frequently is like, what's hot right now? We'll buy it. And then they do that, and then they want to turn it into something that isn't what that's for. Like, Bioware makes RPGs. Like, that's their that's their forte. Well, it feels like EA... I mean, people always say, like, EA is running a Monopoly. But I feel like they play Monopoly like that dude who plays Monopoly with you who just buys one of the pieces of the set you already have two of yeah, so that you can't complete it. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, well, I mean, they, are you going to do anything with that? And he's like, well, no, but now you can't have it. And I'm like, well, what the, f- like, give it away then. <laughs> do something yeah. with it. Anyway, on the subject of money, we're going to take a real quick word from our sponsor, James Duggan, take it away. Today's Podcast Beyond Giveaway is presented by the Companion God of War podcast, The Lost Pages of Norse Myth. Each month, hear new official lore on creatures, weapons, realms, and in-depth interviews with Santa Monica Studio. Check out a quick preview from Episode 1, Odin and the Knowledge Keeper. And be sure to go to IGN.formstack.com forward slash forms forward slash podcast beyond underscore sweepstakes for a chance to win a $100 PlayStation Store gift card. Disastrous visions. She saw the worlds plunge into a bitter three-year winter she saw the sky split and the realms began to tremble and quake she saw a horrible terror emerge with a flaming sword and an enormous beastly wolf rampaging across the countryside as he grew to consume the very sun she saw the deadliest of monsters and the worst of gods at each other's throats and in the events leading up to it all she also saw a pale white ghost from a distant land and his young son somehow intertwined in this terrible prophecy. Thank you, James. That was that emotional. Was very nice. I thought he did a good job there. April, <laughs> that's a month when a game called Persona 5 came out. Andrew, look at your face. You're so excited. All right, talk about Persona 5. So what happened uh, in I May? Love- Shut up. <laughs> uh, I love Persona 5 so much. That's an uh, extraordinarily special game. I think... Uh, Man, from the music to the world of the characters, the story, I, I really I can't wait to go back to that game, which is insane because I've already played it five times. So to backtrack real quick, I, I always want to point this out because I think people don't really understand the true connection you have to this franchise. But you played through this game in Japanese first. So when you come out and you're like, the story and the characters, that's all well and good. You didn't truly know what those and were. That, that's why it speaks to the art direction, the yeah. UI and the music. Because all of those things, like just the design of that world, like it is... It, the UI in that game, like the UI is not a sexy thing to talk about. We don't bring it up ever. But I like think UI is a sexy. <laughs> uh, when you navigate through the menus in that Lots game. Lots of stuff sexy about you and I. <laughs> that was where I was going for. Yeah. That was where I, that was I think it's going to be a UTI if you guys keep this going. <laughs> oh, no. Wait, a urinary Talk. tract infection? What? What? 
Why would Persona Five? Persona. <laughs> uh, no, I mean that game. Just visually, the the transitions, the menus, the world, the every new city you come to, the distinct way the bosses look. It is a visual marvel. The music is incredible, and all that's before you even add in the story. Right. Uh, I I just love it, top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm so glad more people are playing it now. Like Jonathan and Barrett are playing through it. We can talk to them about it. Yeah, I yeah, and even like when Pear started, it, he fell in love with it. Sam really liked it. Like yeah. one by one, people in the office who rolled their eyes at it actually kind of got into it. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's yeah. a again, there's a reason we're talking about it so much. It's a really good game. That was my game of the year. Um, did you vote Fan. for it? For game? Oh yeah, you did. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, another one of my favorites that came out in April. Uh, unfortunately, I feel like it just was that was that April. I thought that was June. Who knows? There's really uh, no way of no knowing. One, no one knows. Anyway, Little Nightmares, yeah. uh, which was kind of the uh inside limbo like from uh from bandai namco yeah uh weird i mean they published it but it was like a weird little i think swedish, swedish yeah. yeah yeah um love this game we talked about it a bunch on here but it, it has this kind of just very very bleak kind of dark children's book aesthetic to it yes yeah. that's just it, it's a it's a scary platformer but it's like not in that kind of beat you over the head resident evil way kind of horror yeah it feels like some kind of i don't know primordial children's night i mean little nightmares that's a perfect it totally night. feels like yeah. an eastern you're a three-hour eastern european interactive fairy tale mm-hmm. like a dark bleak yeah yeah i think it's great and i think i love the fact that it's three hours i love how it visually pulls so much from miyazaki's work yeah especially spirited away yeah without just ripping off the aesthetic though yeah you know yeah it could have very easily been like oh it's japanese inspired and there's yeah. bits of it there it's so messed up part, i love how they don't like it doesn't beat you over the head of the story it's like this is a world here are right. some tone pieces yeah, there's figure a it story out. there figure it out yeah like, like play dead yeah. yeah um Anyway, then in May we got Prey, which rhymes. Yay. It, I, you know, the only reason we added Prey to this list is kind of in that Mass Effect way. I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, as Prey, I, Bethesda had this really incredible critical year and not a great commercial year. Like, I don't think any of their games really did super well. No, they didn't. No. And, like, yeah. we're, we'll get down to Evil Within and Wolfenstein and games that people really, really love, especially in this office. But, man, Prey was just kind of a – I remember that reveal trailer. Like, I remember the years and years of rumors leading up to this game, and we talked about it for so long. And then – Re-reveal it, it in 2016. If, if we it. made a list of five games you'll never believe came out in 2017, Prey would be on there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, if anything, it's a testament to how good this game was – or this year was for games. There was so much stuff that there's there's stuff on here that not all of us have I've played. said it on yeah. a couple shows. Like, 2017, the year was so good that just being good didn't cut it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, being good. Exactly. That's the whole yeah. thing of like games get buried by Horizon and Zelda because those are like games of the generation caliber yeah. games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think Prey also suffered from being this weird like resurrected reboot of a sequel to a 3D Realms game. Yeah. I mean like it's it kind didn't of have anything nuts. to do with Prey. It had like, nothing well, to do with it. It was almost yeah. kind of it, I feel like it was almost like detrimental to the 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 Success Prey itself it. didn't have like no one's like oh exactly. man Prey when well, that was the whole thing with Prey two like when they announced Prey two which is like E three twenty eleven or yep. something like yeah, alongside Skyrim yeah exactly like yes. that game it started this really cool like airplane sequence and it looked nothing like the original Prey and it was this really cool departure but at the time great that's a really cool way to reinvent a franchise six years later totally just make it a new IP right. like yeah. at that point I, I totally agree with you I don't know at that point what the Prey I mean, name gave it really yeah, going in we were calling it Prey 2 it's not Prey 2 it's not a sequel at all yeah what well, um, do to do the weird the Native American spiritual realm like the original Prey yeah right. that had those weird like butthole doors I think. oh man oh, some yeah. people th- think of them as vagina doors vagina doors okay yeah. I believe this didn't sell more alright anyway <laughs> uh, and then in June we got E3 uh, a lot of Game things of got E3. announced a lot of things got shown off yeah so definitely they did a lot of hey remember those games last year well, here yeah. they are again but, yeah. Which is fine because yeah. those are the games we're going to be playing next year. That was also that once that press conference happened, they they kind of began like they they missed out on Gamescom this year, but they kind of began an arc that led to 
Tokyo Game Show and Paris Games Week and PSX. Like yeah. that was sort of Sony had a really busy second half of the year in terms of just like talking about games, but not an especially busy release year. So no, yeah, really no, you're totally right. They got a lot of their big first party st- stuff or like sort of exclusive stuff out in the first half. In the second half of the year, they're kind of victory lapping a little yeah. bit, which yeah. is good. Which was fine because they also announced that they moved the they hit the 70 million mark yeah. on yep. PS4, which means it's going to crack the 100 million mark, which is. Yep. Which no like one rarefied atmosphere. Do you remember in 2013 when there were all those articles about how console gaming was dead and yep. the systems were going to flop? Yep. And I'm sure there'll be. Yeah, we'll look at those two years from now when the PS5 oh, and the Xbox 100%. 2 are coming. Yep. All those hot takes from dumb idiots. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times we're those dumb. Gaming idiots. is dead. No, it's not. You're stupid. That's I mean, all that. Like, happened. look at the, the evolution of like home video. I feel like that's kind of a good comparison to where games are. Is that like there's a generation that like I don't know like maybe our parents or something who never had. Like, you never had a Super 8 projector. Like, that wasn't a yeah. thing you'd get because you're like, I'll go to the movies to watch movies or I'll see something on TV. Like, yeah. who cares? And then suddenly VCRs happen and then suddenly DVD players happen and then suddenly... Right. Suddenly know, Susan. You stream everything yeah. on your... Yeah, it's streaming on Netflix or whatever. <laughs> um, but with games, it was like, we're a generation that grew up with the NES and the Super NES and the, and the Sega Genesis and PlayStation and all that. And it went from being like... Here's like a here's like a cool toy to like oh here's a thing that is like the source of your entertainment to now it's like sort of this all like all in one all purpose yeah you know centerpiece to your to well, yeah. entertainment center and it's also because I think Sony is really smart at um, riding and capitalizing off of the wave of tech that's happening outside of the gaming industry and we saw it with Black Friday this year they had record sales they outsold every other video game system. Um, which I actually didn't think was going to happen with the Switch out there because it's just killing it too. But I think that like people were looking at like this is this is the time to buy a 4K TV. Mm-hmm. They bought a bunch of pros and they jumped in. I think they're doing it now, and it's yeah. it's the same thing we saw with Blu-ray with DVDs back with the PS2. You know, for uh, the PS1, yeah. I don't know if people use that for a CD player, <laughs> but maybe. Yeah. I mean, kind yeah. of. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's kind of its gimmick. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, but was yeah, suddenly cool. Susan Brooke Shields? Why are we? We're not talking about suddenly Susan. At Brookshields? I think that was Brookshields. Oh, God's sake. Okay. What to Brookshields? What All right. Uh, that's enough. Agents anyway, of Brookshields. Oh. <laughs> All right. In, in June, we also got the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. Yeah. I mean, I guess speaking of that, like you said, growing up on those consoles, uh, you know, this was Sony's big, like, hey, remember Crash? Well, he's back. And it sold incredibly well. It, it hit this nostalgic spot for people who, maybe a little bit younger than us, but like yeah. the, the sort of the 25-year-olds in the office, like, ate this game up. Also, yeah. like, this was, the you know... Spyro had been gone yeah. for so long, Crash had been gone for so long, and Spyro came back in Skylanders, which is not what I think what? The, I, the Spyro fans I wanted. Feel like we're going to get and a Spyro thing like next. Yeah. Oh, well, I now I agree with you, yeah. but when that happened, when Spyro came back in Skylanders, everyone was like, "Oh, Activision does not care about these brands, yeah. and you were never yeah. going to see a core game in these franchises." And I feel like this this trilogy, which sold incredibly well and which people really love proved people still want that well, and I now think, i agree now i think we will see a spire game we will see a crash game. They, they introduced the conversation to this game in a very smart way uh one meaning the sort of ps the the, the playstation press conference where you saw the shadow of yeah, it. yeah yeah uh and two the teaser level thing that was playable in uncharted 4 yeah like having this yeah that's a good having point. the like the two main characters of that franchise well two out of three of the main characters of that franchise i don't know where sully was maybe he was downstairs doing dishes uh <laughs> to sit down in front of their tv and sort of be like hey Remember that that old game? Like, let's play it, and they're yeah. like, kind of just hanging out. Like that show that was us, right? Yeah. As yeah. old people sitting down on the couch, being like, "Oh yeah, I still have a, I still have like cherished memories of this mm-hmm. game." And then, so to play that, that was such an Easter egg. The entire office here, we were flipping out when we saw someone yeah. playing yeah. that because we were like, "Oh my god, you can play." Crash Bandicoot and Uncharted 4. And then they put the entire trilogy out. Yeah. And I think people felt that same connection. I, I mean, when you sit down and actually play, I think you realize a lot of these games don't age as well as you yeah, want them especially to. Especially part one. But they made them look really good. And I think that's, uh, you know, I think they're fun to go back to. I, we 
we should bring up that they also gave Crash a weird voice in the Skylanders show on Netflix. Oi, uh, crikey. We, yeah, it's not. Yeah. I don't like that at all. Yeah. It's supposed to be like, ouch. I want to see, see Crash Team Racing each yeah. come back so next year. I was actually yeah. thinking about this. Between uh, Mario Odyssey and Mario Kart and just sort of like, I don't know, family-friendly kids games yeah. being really huge on the Switch, I wonder if we're going to see... Uh, you know, some old like mascot platformers get the remastering treatment or like the updated thing. Like, are we going to see a new if, Spyro game? Yeah, yeah, I, I really. Hope I'm so. all for that. Yeah, I, I really. I'm. It makes me very happy to see Activision playing nice. I think a lot of like we've seen so many remasters for so long that felt like cash grabs. This one felt like it was mm-hmm. for the fans and yeah. that they listened. This you know, crash this grab made for, the, made for the right hey, reason. Hey, what's up, everybody? So. It's me. How's it cash going? Cash coot. <laughs> Uh, um, no, I, if, if hey man, if we get like a resurgence of like the the cart genre and the 3D platforming genre yeah. at the same time, we've sort of seen that trickle in here and there. Yeah. We just saw Hat in Time, Ukulele was earlier this yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. I Not even want, on our list. I mean, there's so much. There were so many games. The man I don't want to come back is Glover. I don't want him to come back. I don't like. That I mean, hand. Bubsy came back, so you never I don't know. want that. Hand you don't want. You don't want Glover coming back. I don't want Glover. Atlanta got renewed for another season. I'm excited for that. Spider Man. Playing Lundo. He's going to be playing the voice of Deadpool. Playing Ann Orlando. Do you know where yes. Glover is now? He's on the box of uh, Hamburger Helper. <laughs> Doing a good high five. Also known as Somebody Kill Me. He did put on weight because he's been helped by hamburgers. <laughs> is it just this stuff? Did they just put hamburger meat inside of his bottom? Can we not Wait, talk about like, this? How do you make Hamburger Helpers? No, how do you make the It's hand? basically just like a freeze-dried packet of like cheese powder, and then it comes with pasta, and you, you provide your own meat. But but the problem is if you're at the store buying ground beef, you should probably be buying some other stuff. Does it also come with my wife left me? <laughs> She was never there to begin with, so trick question. <laughs> hamburger help me. Uh, hamburger cry for helper. Um, all right. Anyway, enough about Hamburger Helper. Why don't we do this show? Uh, in July, we got Final Fantasy XII, the Zodiac Age. Yay! Which was big old overhaul remaster, right? Yep. Yeah. And yeah. they, oh my God, Final Fantasy XII was so good. Uh, I'm so happy that this game came back and that sort of celebration of Ivalice, which was the Final Fantasy Tactics world, which we see is coming back in Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh, in terms of like a giant expansion set in Ivalice, which I think is really cool. And I don't know, because obviously 2016 was the year that we finally got Final Fantasy 15. And then clearly 15 had you know support not only through this year, but through next year, which is right. insane. Yep. Plus, um, the, plus the weird mobile version they're making. Mobile, Yeah, exactly. That's and then, so nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the fact that that game, like a bubble tapper. It's like, we just remade 15 with QTs. So cool. yeah. The fact that that game keeps growing, and they've, they've, they're, I mean, like, it sounds like they made their money back. I mean, yeah. that's yeah. Pretty, pretty damn awesome. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're kicking around the whole, like, there's, what is it, like, comrades mode, where you, it's mm-hmm. like multiplayer. multiplayer yeah. Well, and they also, Episode Ignis just came out, but they strongly hinted there's essentially going to be a whole other year of content for that game. Yeah. Like, it sounds like we'll get a second season Plus the VR fish. Tie in yeah, yeah. I'm very curious when we're going to get a Final Fantasy 16 announcement. Uh, I mean, we have to uh, yeah. wait for Kingdom Hearts. Is I think we? they would be insane to announce that before we get Kingdom Hearts and or FF7 or remake. remake and, yeah. I mean, this is the company yeah. that announced 14 before releasing 13, right? Yeah. When yeah. 13 wasn't even out yet, and they're yeah. like, "Oh, yep. well, two ahead from now is another <laughs> one, friends." This is a company that made a game called Ten Two, so they they're, they they count like kindergartners. Yeah, they number yeah. things like eleven a child. and a half. I'm I'm really curious I'm six to see. and three quarters, and I'm a full man dad. Seeing on how they're leaning into 15 and how much more is coming, I do kind of wonder if we'll get a 15 two as opposed to a 16. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or I think 30. they're they're really committing to that universe. I like it though. I like that car. It's got monster truck tires. It can fly. It's good times. That's Actually, true. Yeah. Um, I don't like the other, other people's clothes in that game. To be honest huh? with you, <laughs> not good. I think it's, you can change it so they're wearing parkas and they just look yeah. like frat boys. Yeah, you can I'm make it so glad if you beat the, if you if you max out the Gladio DLC, he doesn't have to wear a shirt. 
But you didn't know that? Ooh, that, that's a different story. Like a naked link. That's a huge change from him having a shirt that's just open the whole time. Yeah. That's what I, I, I'm All right. Pay $60, spend 200 hours at the shirtless man fighting the crabs. <laughs> Those crabs are, a, uh, they put up a fight. Anyway, uh, in August, we got Uncharted The Lost Legacy, which I think is my fa- second favorite Uncharted game. Yeah, me too. I think it's yeah. up there with Uncharted 2. It's fantastic. Yep, I agree. Um, I love that they prove that you don't need, like Uncharted doesn't have to be about, about Nathan Drake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't I, even have to be about people who like each other. Yeah. yeah. I, I will say the, the sore spot in this game for me was the open world area. Um, I found it to be sort of vapid and, and empty and, and kind of it's missing like, something. It's a little bit of a half measure, I think. It is, it is, it is. Yeah. I, it's, it's close. It's weird because it was like coming out of like a game like Horizon to play to play that section, which just felt sort of like like a sandbox with no sand. Um, I wasn't a fan of that. But the core relationship in this game is some of the strongest that Naughty Dog has ever done. Um, these two characters interacting is so cool. Like you can actually feel sort of the rise and fall and tension mm-hmm. in their friendship. And then towards the end, um, like you genuinely feel like they grew together, yeah. which is yeah. awesome. And the world is gorgeous. The set pieces are awesome, albeit a little Uncharted 2-ish towards the end. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, yeah. I think at this, at this point, like this generation is, I mean, it's it's Sony's console generation. Yeah. They're, they're on top here. And so there were a lot of people who probably didn't jump on the yeah. last Uncharted games. And, you know, Uncharted 2 is fantastic, but there's parts of it don't age so well. Uh, I love this because um, I think one of the worst things about Uncharted 4 was that it overstayed its welcome. That's right. Yeah. And like Lost Legacy was like, it felt like a very sweet spot in terms of length. Uh, there was still multiplayer. There was still like, what, there was multiplayer, wasn't there? Like, in what Uncharted Four? Uh, yes, yeah. Lost Legacy. Uncharted yeah. Four, there was yeah. a lot, lots of like, things. Okay, they didn't. But yes, it, again, was. it was also yeah. it was like what, like forty bucks. It felt like a very like experimental in a lot of good ways. I think the the open world part was sort of a swing and a miss in terms of what they were trying to do. Yeah, there was some backlash from fans about the price structure of this game because I think people thought it was like sort of a half measure. But I don't truly believe that. I mean, I mm-hmm. I would gladly pay forty bucks every year or two well, for I mean, an eight hour Uncharted. That's game. the thing. I think the the misconception came from it sounded like it was going to be DLC for four. And then it became something much bigger than that, but people still thought of it as DLC for four. Right. And so they they thought of it as I have to pay forty bucks for, you know, a small thing when really it's a game. It is a uncharted game. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't really know what to say about that, right? Like I mean, yes, this is this is running on the Uncharted Four engine. Yes, it probably reuses a couple of the leaves. From the trees. <laughs> it's a brand new story. There's eight hours of dialogue. Um, yeah, you learn more about characters that we yeah. haven't seen in a while or only yeah. saw a little bit of in four. Yeah, uh, yeah this totally, is a really cool game. If this is, if if they're working on The Last of Us in every 18 months, we get a side story with different characters. We get a Sully game or like a Young Sam game. I'm totally for that. Yeah, I and I mean, I, I'm, I'm totally for that whole kind of like, oh, it's number three or it's all the fifth entry in this series. But I think we're also at a point where people don't really look at games like that. It's kind of like you're invested in the universe. Right. And so having these sort of, I mean, if they put out like a really short one that's like, hey, it's 15 bucks, check it out. It's a very, I mean, we kind of got that with um, with the uh, the uh, Last of Us DLC. You know? Oh, yeah, like it's left behind. The yeah. idea of like, hey, here's like a small story in this world. You already know what you're getting into. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty cool idea. Yeah. Yep. Um, I mean, it's just it's just Naughty Dog showing off too. Yeah. Like they're just so great at characterization. The the performances in the game are unbelievable. It's gorgeous. Again, like mm-hmm. it just it it. I really their name being attached to something remains special. Yeah. And they are on such an insane streak of of just really good games. I know. Yeah. And their next game is going to be phenomenal. You know, yeah. I cannot I cannot wait for more The Last of Us. Yeah. And I went from being like, we don't need a sequel to this game to sort of coming around to it because I think the trailers we've seen so far show an approach to that universe from a different angle than just the Joel and Ellie story. And that's kind of... if. If, if we're going to get more, that's what I want. So I would love yeah. for them to keep up this trend of not even doing trailers, just show us scenes, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I also, I, I 
uh, I went back and watched their PSX panel. Right. I, again, just seeing like Troy, Troy and uh, Ashley next to each other, I'm like, oh man, I'm, yep, I'm in. Very, very excited for this. Totally agree. I spent most of August playing Yakuza Kiwami, which is the sort of modern, you know, modern hardware remake of the first Yakuza game, which I never, I never played. I'm coming out in 2002 or whenever and being like, what's this? Uh, the original game had like a very, uh, one of those weird, like early 2000s star studded voice casts where they were like, we've got all these celebrities and all this like American stuff to try to make it, you know, friendly. And it just, I don't think it really worked. Uh, and then Kiwami is just like, it's just fun as hell. I think I actually preferred this to Zero when I kind of stop and think about it because it's like a little bit shorter, um, a little bit more linear, and it, it does still have all this, the weird side quests and stuff. Like, I think I put, uh, I think it was about 30 hours I put into this. Um, and I, you know, I had a really good time with it. And it was like, it introduced me to these characters in sort of where they're going to be for the the rest of the, the like, the, the series. You know, mm-hmm. like they, it, the, the Zero was very kind of like wink and a nod kind of approach to prequels. Right. But, um, yeah, I'm so incredibly excited for six and for Kiwami two. Kiwami yep. two is so Yakuza Kiwami and Zero were both on an engine that was made for PS3. So we're not really getting proper PS4 versions of Yakuza until we get uh six and, and Kiwami two next year. So really cool. I I love that that brand is kind of back with a vengeance. Like it's yeah. like every six months we get a Yakuza game now, which I mean I, I really need to dive into that series because hearing you talk about it. I think six is it, where I'm gonna jump in. Yeah. You know? I think I mean I think six is gonna be like just a kind of fresh start and everything. Yeah. I think he needs to go out. Marty, why don't you talk about Hellblade? I'm going to go let the dog do a dunk. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Hellblade, we've talked about it ad nauseum on the show, but uh, I think Hellblade is just one of those such like rare special games coming out this year that you know I wasn't really sure what to expect. Like, I'd always kind of liked Ninja Theory. I really liked DMC. I thought Heavenly Sword was interesting. I really like Enslaved. Uh, but I totally wasn't expecting to boot up this game and have the second credit be... Uh, the the mental health consultant right and it wasn't like i know i max sort of poo-poos it a lot and and it's totally like valid criticism but to me like the way that senua was handled and the way the sound worked in that game to put you in the mindset of someone who's actually schizophrenic and the way that fed into the gameplay and the combat and the puzzle solving and like the fact that she's ultimately an unreliable narrator made for you know despite the fact that it's in Norse mythology and you literally fight hell, the, mm-hmm. the demon hell, um, it was one of just the most like realistic, harrowing tales I've ever played in a game. And that lead performance, like she won Best Performer at the Game Awards and she totally deserved it. Like She was, she was cutting... never acted even. She was cutting yeah. trailers for them and then all of a sudden she's like, I'll be the stand-in for this character. That she was such a... Knocked it out of the I park. I think, to me, that was the best story that came out of the yeah. Game Awards was that this woman won the best voice acting and she was up against just titans in yeah. the industry veterans yeah. who have been in some of the most you know just special and yeah. incredible video game moments of all time uh and she was like hey i was in the back like just editing the trailer and then they needed somebody and then here i am um yeah. th- thanks thanks for having me this is insane yeah. yeah you know and she's up there with andy circus is like here's an award yeah yeah like, it's incredible it's <laughs> yeah, an incredible right? story yeah and i think that like this game um is proof that you can have a small team and can still pull off the sort of like that the the size of a of a triple A game yeah, totally. without actually physically being that big. 100%. Um I didn't connect with this game in the same way you guys yeah. did, but I appreciate the hell out of it for what it did for the people who did connect yeah. with it. I would never take that from them. Mm-hmm. Um I think that the idea that it uh sort of masqueraded as a triple A game while still being like so focused and singular is is really special. Mm-hmm. Um it's also like a great reason to buy a surround sound system yes, or seriously. a really good yeah. headset, you know? Yeah. 
And then also coming out that month was the second game about mental illness, Everybody's Golf. Yeah. Because Man, it wasn't just so- solitary golf, it was Everybody's yeah, Golf. I feel like it was actually Everybody's Golf crazy. I feel like uh, it's so easy to make fun of this game, but no, it's it so good. really it's smart and fun. It's yeah. like, it, there's something, I don't know, golf games are so funny because like I could not possibly care less about golf in real life. I yep. don't care at all. But like growing up with Hot Shots Golf and Mario Golf, I always have yeah, liked are amazing. golf games. And yep. I think this one... Like, it's really fun. It's really smart, uh, like, in a 2017 way, just in terms of adding the online stuff and adding, like, the, the RPG boards and RPG elements. Exactly. And that's the, that's the power of a great video game, right, is, is, yeah. is capitalizing on the escapism of taking something that's mundane and boring in real life golf and making it really fun i mean like when you play a great video game and you walk around and you run errands and people lose crap and you help them find my friend called me and he's like i lost my keys can you help me find them i'd be like no (laughs) but in a video game some woman says that to me and i'm like sure and now i'm gonna go like collect 20 turtles and all this other crap in the meantime everybody's golf takes a very boring mundane sport quote unquote golf and makes it really fun and goofy. Like Max and I did. I didn't realize I, you're I, so our favorite, that was so it's, much fun. It's not great. We did our, my probably my favorite let's play of the year where we made this small goblin. Mess. I spent like <laughs> I spent like, like so much time creating like a perfect version of myself, and I was yeah. like, ah, oh, yes, I've unlocked the checkered vans. I'll be wearing these yep. on, the, on the on the green. And then you were like. Yeah, but what if you were like a nightmare elf? <laughs> we made this short, squat gnome. little gnome, and he's blue, blue, and he's just running demon. around. He's just well, bumping into people's knees. And that's the funny thing. Like, every game is a character creator now, like almost literally every yep. game. And this one is just so smart and fun. And, like, you can make things that are photorealistic, or you can make little scary blueberry goblins. You don't even have to golf. There's other sports. Everybody doesn't have yeah. to golf. Yeah, don't they have? They have fishing in there. I, that's yeah, they have fishing. I, you can just drive around if you want to. I do kind of wish that they didn't, they didn't, like, hide everything behind the golf. I know yeah, that it is a game sure. about golf, but I was like, why would I focus sports. everybody's golf to the rapture? I think by the end of August, we <laughs> there all, is, there it is. we did learn that everybody is golf. <laughs> yeah. What's up, everybody's I, golf? I love that. Yeah. What's everybody's golf? Oh, so uh, here's a game that came out this year. In September, we got Knack 2. Hell yeah. Oh, Knack. I you think, uh, yeah. Can we, can we say that this one game of the year? <laughs> yeah, this is up so, after. Knack 2, I think, uh, was close. It is still not great, but <laughs> I think they at least made a game this time. Like, like Knack 2 is totally, <laughs> it's a fun, when it is $10 in the bargain bin, it is 100% worth it. I think it came out at totally the wrong time of year. It could not possibly have, have had more competition, uh, but fun. I mean, they, they totally just made a fun. I, I think like if I had kids, this would totally be a game that I would yeah. sit down and play with a kid because they do a really smart thing where there's different paths depending on. So like if you choose easy versus hard, like you when you're playing on hard, you can see where the easy path would have been. And they're just like they make it a, a fun, easy way to play it at any age. I, I, I mean, this. This man will will never really be the mascot they're looking for. Yeah, but well, there's something I, there's something I, wonderful about him. I, or, I kind or, of feel, it, whatever the knack is. I feel bad for not feel bad for Sony in that way, but it, it's a tough spot for Sony in that way because like they're very obvious. Like there are so many popular kids and family games on Switch. Yeah. Like, obviously, Nintendo is very good at that market. Where Sony, like that's just not really the crowd that N- gets knack, a PS4. I mean, knack feels like, like when you're on a road trip with your family growing up, and like you stop at like a Roundies or something, and they have their own mascots, and you sit down, and they're like, "We have a kids' meal, and you get a toy prize pretzel plane." And you're what like, "I don't want what is prize? this man?" <laughs> that's what Knack feels like. He's not a mascot, but he's well, it's not going away I mean, either. <laughs> knack feels like the same thing that was sort of wrong with Killzone, where it's it it wasn't so much this was a thing that anybody was like, "I want to make this. I have an idea for a thing." It was more like, "Hey, they want us." to make this right. how do we meet those demands it's, it sort of checks the box i think uh yeah. i think they needed a character platformer it's also 
fascinating the pedigree of people on that team who worked on so many incredible games in prior generations not to mention mark cerny leading it up who's like probably among the smartest minds in our entire industry by like a yeah. mile oh yeah uh so it's Make like fun of you for sucking at next <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i think the uh i think the, the pedigree behind this game like I don't understand why this is the game they want to keep making, but I I don't think it's impossible we see a Mac 3 someday. I mean, it also has one of the bravest and most honest sex scenes ever put in a game. Yeah, that's true. All right. Yeah. Yeah, he, also, he, September, I don't know why we're just wasting air talking about NAC 2. Destiny 2 great. came out. Yeah. Destiny 2, huge game. I, uh, I was in love with Destiny 2 for two weeks, and it was just a great little tryst. Called it! Game. <laughs> <laughs> when I did the oh, raid. It was such a great time of the year for me. Everyone in the office was so into Destiny, and I was like, two weeks from now, we'll get all our friends back, and it'll be a good time. Yeah. Let's let them have it. I'm totally fine. And then everyone's mad at the game, and I just still look at it, and I'm like, you're that thing I had fun with in September for Isn't two weeks. Isn't that great? Where you can kind of show up, do tourism for a little bit? Yeah. Even then, everyone's like, "It's on fire!" And you're like, "Oh, I left." Oh yeah, that's uh, yeah. Destiny yeah. and I like broke up, but we're still friends. Like, it, uh, dude, the community turned in that game real fast. I'm, I, it's been fascinating watching Bungie sort of respond, and, and obviously, just to plug, we have an entire show dedicated to Destiny. Oh yeah, Fire and if you're still Destiny point, you're still angry. Listen to Fireteam Chat because, yep. despite yeah. the fact that it is a Destiny podcast, they have gotten very angry at that game. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and Bungie's I, like making overtures to the community now, but it's. Uh, it's like it, two very, one step it's, back. it is a good reminder of how quickly the tide can turn, I think. Uh, I think. Almost like a bungee. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, one thing that no one turned on, the Danganronpa also came out. Oh, yeah. I should, yeah, Danganronpa is great. We, we nominated it for Most Innovative. I think it's an incredible point-and-click adventure game, visual novel. If you like murder mysteries, like that is such – those games, especially on Vita, this is the, like the one game I really put, you know – Dozens of hours in on Vita this year. You, uh, you kind of really messed me up when you were like, I didn't play my PS4 at all for like a large... It was, yeah. It was what, like between... It was like four months I haven't touched my PS4 because I played Vita and Switch. And it, it's it's crazy how the middle of the year... you on this show, you fake fan. <laughs> you don't have the play. He has a Persona 5 Japanese trophy. He has yeah. a passion. It's just for... The Vita. Well, I mean, it's it's funny because like like end of the year, as I am now playing all these third party games, I'm back to my PS4. But yeah, there was like a big stretch from I guess April through August where I didn't play a home console game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but Dangarampa obviously is available on PS4 and it's in 4K. It looks incredible. But those games to me are portable. They, you know, I, I played the first two on portable. They're now on PS4 and they look great. But man, these games are just so perfect for a plane because uh, I think they are weird as hell they are way weirder than you can possibly imagine but i i am such a sucker for like murder mystery stuff and the class trials are so fun mini games are better these games like they're hard sell because they're they're very strange did you ever see murder on the orient express yeah i did see murder on the orient express yeah well that makes someone uh did you ever see mordor on the orient express speaking of october (laughs) in october we got uh october should have just been called like it should have been called 2014 Part 2. Yeah. Uh, we got Middle Earth Shadow of War. Yep. Um, did, yeah, it was more of more of that. Yep, with the Mordor. Mordor. Yeah. yeah. They, That's yeah. A, I put a few hours in that game, and I remembered how much I loved Shadow of Mordor, and then I forgot. Like, I haven't gone back to it at all. It's also totally know? one of those games where I, I put, like, 15 hours in over a weekend, had a great time. Everyone was yelling at it about microtransactions. I'm like, all right, I'm gone. Bye, guys. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, I, they didn't really pan out to be that much of a threat no yeah as is often the case i mean i think it's justified when people scream about this stuff a lot but uh with mordor the loot box stuff didn't really become a thing that 
anyone really had to worry about. No. Well, it's no. again, it's one of those games that they're gradually adding like little sprinklings of updates mm-hmm. to here and there and changing stuff. They just, I think they added like a Coliseum mode for mm-hmm. like your orcs yeah. or whatever. But um, you can go to college now in the game. Yeah, sure. yeah, it's you great. Can send your orc through secondary yeah, school. Shadow of higher education. <laughs> Uh, no, like uh, it's it's weird. I think the first game benefited so much from sort of just the element of surprise. Um, it, I think we had really like low expectations for it, and it came out. It was like this incredible like hybrid of you know the best parts of Assassin's Creed and, and Far Cry, but with this like Arkham combat system, and then the Nemesis system on top of that. And this game, I mean, again, it 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 had uh, it had its work cut out for it, mm-hmm. and I think it really doubled down on the stuff that didn't necessarily impress me about the first game. I, I like the first game because it was because of the world and exploring it and having fun. And they were like, "We're going to double down on systems, right?" Yeah. And it was like all about getting like better loot and like runes and you know creating this army. And that's cool, but that was never my also a very sexy spider. Shout out to Shelob. I did not like. I heard I heard Shelob was in it, and then you find out she's a woman. And I think it's great that there are more women in games. But I where's the spiders? Where's there should be more spiders in spiders. games? The SJWs are constantly turning women into spiders. <laughs> I don't like it. Uh, and then we got uh, the speaking of turning women in spiders, the Evil Within, the Evil <laughs> Within yeah. two, um, yeah, another one of like Bethesda had an incredible year. I got to go back and finish yeah. this game. Yeah. I got sidetracked with a bunch of crap, but damn, this game is really cool. Yeah, and especially for everyone worried that single player games are dead, they're not. Uh, yeah. Bethesda is proving that with Prey and Death of the Outsider and Evil Within two, and as we're going to talk about in a little bit, Wolfenstein. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, Evil Within it's four back to back sales juggernauts. I. Barely remember the first game. Like that's one of those games that was just a flash in the pan for me. But uh, I had fun. We we played the first hour or so of this for a let's play, and I, I do want to get into it. But man, October started that month where I just didn't have time to play everything. Like yeah. we just ran out of time. Yeah. No, I mean I feel like I feel bad that there's a bunch of stuff on this list that I haven't played. But at the same time, I I don't know. I sunk a ton of time into other games. You know? Yeah. Um, I really like this game. Um, I feel like a lot of the stuff it does that's familiar almost feels like a. F- fever dream of remembering the first game so it's got this sort of like like icky comfort to it where you're like oh i know i know this system but like it's like it's like a movie i watched on a sick day yeah you know like which it just feels gross it's a very gross wet horrifying game but also incredibly satisfying in the way you level up your character Mm -hmm. and uncover secrets and uh, get better at combat like you you like actively feel your character improving in the way he interacts with the world and the way your weapons interact with the world Mm -hmm. and the sort of like freak out value of the character design of this game like when you start to see uh like that weird man that's just like two men glued together oh, yeah. hips they start yeah flop. it looks like you know linda blair coming down the steps or something yeah. like what is that and you just dump shotgun shells into it yeah. so you can't see yeah. like that's what i play video games for yeah. you know especially horror games well, yeah. it's also it's fascinating because the first evil within was sort of a spiritual successor to the original resident evil yeah. yeah. shinji mikami doing that and they were like we're gonna let him do survival horror the old-fashioned way and then meanwhile capcom just comes out and they're like hi yeah re7 like top of the year and, and then mikami out. didn't even direct this one so it's like it's been it's a it's a very it's a fascinating direction yeah. for that and i feel like it never it i mean it never seemed to really kind of have a, a, a strong identity. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. The Resident Evil 7 kind of be the Ed's own game this year. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's also, I I mean, I feel like, and um, we talked about this a lot on the show this year, but the Evil Within 2 didn't really have a presence at a lot of shows. Mm-hmm. It didn't have a big advertising budget. I remember when, uh, I think it was Kotaku even did an article like a month before the game came out. They're like, hey, is this game still coming out? Like, is this? Is- well, and that's, that's Bethesda, you know, with Fallout 4, they showed that they can announce a game and have it out six months later. Yeah. And that was 
industry-defining. And I think, the, you know, coming off of, like, Watch Dogs getting announced a year and a half before oh, it 15. Yeah. Final Mix 15, like, it was exciting when Fallout 4 did it, but not every game can do it. And I no. think for Evil Within and Wolfenstein, you saw the flip side of that, which is that it is a lot harder to make a game sell millions of copies in a busy fall review season. Yeah. They're kind of sleeper the, hits. You the know? difference yeah. between Fallout and, you know, and Wolfenstein and Evil Within. Like, it, Fallout yeah. is a... It's a lot of people's favorite series. Like yeah. You could do that with Fallout and Elder Scrolls. You can't do that with most exactly. other yeah. 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 Well, I think specifically because like you're looking at like two 10 to 15-hour single-player story-driven games that really can't be played through a bunch of times without – unless you're like truly hardcore sure. about it. Yeah. Whereas Fallout is the kind of game where every single person at this table could play completely differently for 200 hours each, not see or Except do the same Except for me who thing. fell through the world 10 hours into Fallout 4. Yeah, and I, never, I that was canonical. Experience with that was canonical. That's why they call it Fallout. Sometimes you fall out <laughs> Yeah, it's not game. called stand-on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, then, of course, we got Assassin's Creed Origins. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was uh, that, whatever. October twenty seventh was that was that day that we got AC and we got Wolfenstein and Mario. Yeah. And I am shocked to say Mario was my third favorite game of that day. Wow! Like that is insane to me though. Going into it, and that's yeah. not a slight at Mario. That is a testament to how much I love AC Origins and Wolfenstein yeah. too. Um, and we see it in sales. Like uh, this is the best selling Assassin's Creed in the first whatever month since. I'm so uh, happy about that. Yeah, since like Black Flag. Did you, and, did you read that story that somewhere between eight hundred and nine hundred people worked on this game? It's insane. Nine hundred people. Like I, probably I, on like six different continents. Yeah, yeah. Get off just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, totally. And they're all yeah. on planes, showing off screenshots <laughs> of random people. Uh, yeah, such a good just return to form for the series. Uh, you know, especially fitting considering that it goes back as far the back in the series as we can. Um, by well, it was it's a return to form, but it also threw the formula out the window. Out the window, it's an open like, world hey, RPG. So, yeah, like oh, okay, he just totally changed the way you play the game. That's yeah. kind yep. of insane. Yeah, totally absolutely unreal. gorgeous. Um, yeah, I mean, one of those games I put thirty-five hours in, and I'm excited to put another thirty-five in. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm. I'm so happy this did well. Like it would have really sucked if this if they were like, okay, we're listening, we're taking a year off, and it just bombed, or yep. just the sales slumped, and they were like, it didn't do what we wanted to. Well, I think um, we all thought that would happen too because it was like their year off was the time they put out that movie, which was not good, yeah. and we all kind of had franchise fatigue, and then that movie came out to sort of tail end it, and we were like, what 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 happens from here? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I didn't like demoing this game like i just did i don't oh, think it's sh- yeah i don't think it shows well in like small and small chunks yeah. at trade shows very few open world rpgs do though no uh, yeah that, definitely you know. definitely not um i mean i didn't like zelda the first time i played it yeah. at, a, at, a, at, a, at i think e3 well there's also just like a lot no, to- no i liked it i was just like this has some problems like i didn't like the jump was a you're also problem. playing on wii u to be fair yeah that's true <laughs> i think there's a lot to take in especially with something like assassin's creed where when you're actually playing the game and they're like we're gonna go over here and kill this guy you're like I'm going to go over here and kill this guy. But if they're like, we're doing it, you're like, all right, well, I'm watching someone else play a game that I don't understand the system. Sure. Well, and they let you, yeah, they let you just play it. You know, like that was the whole problem. I think AC got so obsessed with like, you have to tail a guy for 20 minutes before you can finally kill him, or you have to kill him through the specific entrance. And, and you know, it's Syndicate, and now especially with Origins, they just let you play the way you want to play. Yeah, I feel like yeah. they took some cues from Far Cry, which pretty much just turns you loose, and they're like, go have fun. Yeah, I'll be here if you need me. You know, that's totally. Like, it's Assassin's totally. Crew it was like, oh, excuse me, uh, please stay with the tour group. Uh, don't touch anything. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, seriously. Follow us. Um, but yeah, I'm really, I'm really happy about that. I'm, I mean, that that franchise turned ten this year. Mm-hmm. That's that's huge. That's massive. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's. I mean, it's kind of been established for a while, but it's kind of cool that they've managed to like keep it fresh and keep mm-hmm. it alive. It hasn't yeah. felt yeah. like totally double digits um, watered down. Yeah. Uh, then, of course, Wolfenstein 2. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this yeah. to death this year. It's my second favorite game after Persona of the Year. Um, I think it's just one of my favorite 
shooter campaigns literally ever. I think the story and the writing and the performances are absolute top tier. Um, I think the mission design is great. I think all of this it's, has a weird, entertaining amount of side quest stuff. And again, if uh, you entered this year and told me that BJ Blazkowicz was going to be my favorite literal video game character of the year i would have told you're insane but he was i like that they i I feel like they looked at doom and they looked at wolfenstein side by side and they're like which of these has more to say and doom is still like fun as hell but it's also like it feels like kind of a mortal Kombat nine where they're like we're gonna have fun with this we're not gonna take it too seriously Mm -hmm. whereas with wolfenstein they're like hey uh yeah white supremacy is a thing let's let's say something with this yeah with it you know totally yeah um yeah then we got gt sport yeah, I put this on here. None of us are big car fans, but I think this also I just wanted to show this as as Japan Studios had such a giant year and obviously this is polyphony, but with Knack and everybody's golf and Gravity Rush and then Yeah, it felt like all of the studios in Japan kinda of got a chance to shine. I mean, like in this game, like look like like full disclosure, I will always pick an arcade racer over a sim. Like I will always lean towards Need for Speed, which was bad this year, but still I always lean towards that over something like this. But God, it is insane what went into this game. Like, it is crazy. They've been working on this for so long and like the little things, like, genuinely, like, I, I sit next to Cisco, who's our, our big racing nerd here, and, like, I cannot believe, like, the way he talks about the love that went into the cars in this game. Like, I can't believe how accurate everything is and yeah. how, like, they did this thing called, uh, I think it's called Scapes, where you can take um, a solid background and, like, put a car in front of it and, like, a- affect, like, the lighting and the sunset and, like, affect the angle and, and even make it, like, uh like motion and it's like it literally looks like a photo like i don't understand how they can make a game look this good that's nuts it's crazy to me i think uh it got hurt a little bit by by forza having such an incredible year and, sure. and by some of the other racing games yeah mm-hmm. i'm sure it, it also did fine though because they're those like those those car dudes who have those like expensive chairs in their rooms and they're like yeah. i need this i need to call them the lazy air. boys yeah <laughs> <laughs> could you isn't it so weird that there was a famous chair called the lazy boy i think it's a little weird <laughs> ah yeah. the ultimate relaxation simulator <laughs> Uh, anyway, November we got Call of Duty World War Two. I still have to finish the command. I need to finish yeah. that. Uh, it's the first year in so long I, I haven't played. I believe it. this is now the best selling game of the year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, no doubt. Right? So it was number one on MPD. We'll talk about number two in a second, but number one uh, in the it, this, this game's been out for a little over a month, and it already became the best selling game mm-hmm. of 2017. And it's yeah. it's the first up year call, not the first, but it's the most dramatic up year Call of Duty has had in such a long time because yeah. for for the longest time, Black Ops Two has been the peak, and then. Man, Ghost was that low point, and they've had like little blips here and there. But this feels like the first time Call of Duty is kind of flexing its muscles as like, do not discount how many people still no. love this yeah, franchise. Yeah, it's still there. I mean, I thought I, I think we thought little by little this would sort of like peter off in the same way a lot of other Activision franchises have, and 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 games in general. I mean, it is it, such a it is so such an important example of we talk about install base. We talk about like seventy million PS4s have been sold now, and. That is why this is the best-selling game. Yep. You know, like, it took building the install base to that point for this franchise to really catch on. I think that anything this big, it's really hard watching that generational transition. And yeah. they stumbled out of the gate when, you know, Xbox One and PS4 launched. But by now, you know, it took them six years, but right. or what, four years. But by now, they really are, like, back on top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, again, it's it's uh, hardcore casual fans. I don't know what you what you call the people who buy Call of Duty, but there's people who just people who just that's what they buy. That's yep. their thing. That's their yeah. that's their jam. That's their hobby. Yeah, it's it, not video games. It's Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it can't have it, it can't have hurt too much that this is a, again a return to form for the series. Like they were like, well, hey, back to World, World War II for the first yeah. time in almost ten and, years. Yeah, I also like, I, I think it's a testament to console gaming doing as well as it is that when you look at Fortnite and PUBG on PC and how unbelievably successful those games have been, there is still a console audience and they will still buy millions and millions right. and millions of copies of a game that's, you know, <laughs> obviously it sells on PC as well, but like 
the main skews are our console, and there's yeah. so many people playing this game on PS4. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, speaking of shooters, we also got Star Wars Battlefront 2. Yep. And what a everyone loved it. <laughs> oh, <Man>. boy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we talked about this game a lot. Um, I've had a tough time talking about this game on camera on IGN because I can't tell you what I like and don't like about it without getting called a shill or a garbage or any all these other things. And I am definitely garbage. <laughs> but no one's ever paid me to, to give a game a good review because that's not how that works. Um, this game was a disaster until people spoke up. And by disaster, I mean that the progression system was problematic in that it was directly uh, assisted by people having the ability to buy randomized loot crates, which effectively gave you star cards that were higher level than the stuff you get for just playing normally. Um, At the zero hour, Bob Iger from Disney had a call with the head of the studio on this game, ripped out all the transactions, and what they launched was this Incredibly gorgeous, incredibly fun Star Wars arcade first-person shooting game with a really interesting campaign that had its own set of problems. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you had a really cool game that had a pretty crappy progression system and still kind of does, but was really a ton of fun to play. And everyone ignored it, uh, or so I thought. And then the NPD numbers came in and we found out it was the second best-selling game of the month. So it sold drastically less than it did the first time around, but we're also seeing that The Last Jedi is making less money in opening weekend than Force Awakens. So I think there also is a bit of franchise fatigue to tie into I there. mean, less money than Force Awakens, but also the second biggest opening in movie history. Yeah, in history. Yeah. So yeah. Um, they just added new content to this to tie into The Last Jedi stuff, which I've been playing, and I really like it. I think there's a lot to love in this game. I think there's a lot that's cumbersome, and I think it's going to grow and become better over time, like most online games and like most shooters do. That's I, I jumped into it this weekend, and the the crate map is gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, having you know, having seen the movie now, I'm also glad I didn't uh, go in there before I'd seen the movie. That yeah, was seriously. Um, Do you loot? Uh, Do you loot on crate? Loot crate? Yeah. No. <laughs> I get it. Get out. Uh, but yeah, like I mean, I signed on there, and I don't really know exactly what happened. I don't know if this was a lot of kind of make good stuff or whatever, but it was like you have seven unopened crates, and I'm like, why? I didn't so do that's, anything. That's the thing yeah. they did for the Last Jedi DLC, which is a really weird thing to do because when they stripped all of the pay, you know purchasable crates out of the progression system um people thought like the loot crates are gone i'm like no they're still there you just have to buy them with in-game credits which you unlock for being good but to celebrate the their new dlc they were like here's eight crates for everyone so if you've never played that game or you're playing it for the first time in a while you're greeted with like this screen where you're just opening up a bunch of crates which kind of like i don't know brings back the pretty bad memories about what that game was all about to begin and and that's the big test right the big test is 2018 is the year when we'll see what the rest of the content seasons look like yep. and we'll see what the microtransactions are. Like, they've been very open. They're coming back. Uh, I'm that will be the make or break for this. Yeah, this game, is gonna be, this game is going to be totally worth the price of admission in like four months. Yeah, and it'll be like no. 20 bucks or 30 bucks. Yeah, and they'll I have mean, tons of stuff. It was in the it. same deal with, I think it was, uh, God, I want to say it was like Black Friday. No, it wasn't Black Friday. It was some, some big sale thing for the first one yeah. and it was the ultimate edition. So it was all the DLC, the full season pass, and it was something like 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. And you're like, are you serious? You're going to get like an entire, like, ultimate like season like that's that's effectively two games and this this has been my go-to like wake up make a coffee and, and shoot stormtroopers for 30 minutes before i go to work game and i can't really talk about it because i'll get down votes but i'm still playing. like more i don't know more of a departure from the first one it's still it, it is very arcadey which i find sort of almost like 
I get tired of it, I guess. It's given me a new appreciation for the prequels, which I find incredibly oh, surprising. Oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm so stoked to jump in there when they've when they've just patched in a bunch of heroes. Yeah. I mean, like, I turned on my PS4, and I was like, hey, you got, like, an 8-gig download for Battlefront. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that's <laughs> a lot of gigs for the game that... What did you? What did you say? I think it's me? just Phasma's suit is really yeah. Yeah. so oh, shiny, so incredibly shiny. The graphics. Uh, anyway, back to graphics. Horizon Zero Dawn got Frozen Wilds DLC. So I literally haven't played this. I need to play this. Yeah, whole yeah. other a- additional expansion. I like the best best snow in games, hands down. Oh, on it. oh yeah, yeah. Wow. Which a category we didn't add. I it fought covers for up bit. the grass. I'm, I'm glad they did an expansion to it. Like it just it, this was also a solid reminder going into the game of the year. It's like, oh yeah, like I feel like they needed that kind of bump up. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the, uh, these guys in Zelda did the same thing. We were sort of just like, hey, remember us? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like not like we needed it because yeah. I did remember them, but they were like, hey, we're yeah. here. Um, and then December was just ports, basically. I mean, December we got Okami yeah. HD, yeah. we got Dead Rising Four. Um, we did let's plays of both of those that are on the <laughs> channel. I mean, like Okami is gorgeous and you know, everything you remember about it. Yeah. Um, and then Dead Rising it has kind of a cool mode that we played where you can unlock costumes for all the Capcom heroes. And yeah. I, you know, if you hate Dead Rising, that mode's not going to suddenly make you love it. But yeah. I think it's cool to see that franchise back again. I agree. Yeah. And check that out. But yeah, um, I think the, the moral of the story here is that uh, 2017 was a really good year for video games. Awesome. Um, Great year for PlayStation. Was, yeah. I think this was with typical sort of three-year development cycles. This was the year that people were like, Oh, what what console are we making games for? Oh, yeah. PS4? Oh, well, I, I guess get to work on it. I mean, it's insane, though, because I have this list of, in theory, 2018, and probably a couple of them are 2019 games, but games that are going to be PS4 exclusives, either mm-hmm. first-party or second-party deals, and we it's insane that, like, for as good as 2017 was, we didn't get those games we've been looking forward to for the last couple of E3s. Right. We didn't get Spider-Man and God of War and Detroit and Days Gone and Dreams and Concrete Genie and The Last of Us and Death Stranding. Like... Which, like, many of those had um, presences at PSX in the form of booths that just had TVs running their trailers. Sure, like, yeah. Still yeah. not even playable, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm um, really curious to see how 2018 shakes out and how many of those are actually 2018. I mean, uh, I would yeah. say Death Stranding and Last of Us are not. Oh, no, yeah, 100%. And, and but, also, but I even mean Spider-Man, God of War, Days gone. gone, like, Detroit. Like, those are games that, like, they, you know, Detroit kind of narrowed the window at least, but, like, we just have nebulous 2018 dates yep. for yeah. so many of these ambitious yeah. games and plus on, i mean on the hardware side to recap real quick this year we had price drops across almost all SKUs. we had a new remodeled psvr mm-hmm. that works well with hdr and 4k tvs uh, yeah. we got the vr aim controller um there was some interesting stuff that happened this year yeah. we got those also, tiny new ps4 controllers for kids yeah i didn't get a chance to talk about this since psx but psx was i would say half a psvr convention yeah, yeah. it's yeah. kind of insane how much was on the floor there i think they had something like 70 games yeah um, i got wow. to play a bunch of them um it takes a minute to make games. I think a lot of the time companies are like, "Hey, uh, should we? I think we should wait and see how this is going to go." And in the same way that we're now starting to get that that's kind of deluge of awesome games for the PS4, following it kind of being out for a few years and having like enough people out there owning it to be, you know, worth investing in. Uh, I think we're going to start to get that with with PSVR. It yep. doesn't take two months to make a game. It takes it takes years. You know, so yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I feel like um, PSX was like a really just awesome celebration that not only looked back on this year but kind of made me look forward to a lot of of things that are coming soon which i think a great convention should do but it's not like e3 where it's all just like two years from now we'll be doing this like there was a lot of like sort of like man this is this has been a great year let's celebrate it let's celebrate it with playstation fans it was awesome seeing many of you taking a victory lap as well as like taking it alongside the fans who were there yeah and and seriously Thank you to everyone who came up to us. Like what? It, like it is so cool seeing you know our people. <laughs> like it's yeah. so cool having yeah. like 
everyone who listens to the show say anything. And thank no, you I, very I, much. I say that to a bunch of people there, but it's the opposite of reading YouTube comments. Yeah, yeah totally. Talk to a human being. It's like a like, recharge. Hey, I watch your show. I'm like, thank you. I don't. I, if, if I piss you off sometimes, I'm sorry. Just yeah. thank you for. And thank you, thank you for listening to the show all year. It's been a weird, fun, crazy ride, and I've, yeah. I absolutely yeah. love making the show with you guys. And it's really awesome that we get to connect with an audience that's still there mm-hmm. yeah. and still cares. Uh, on that note, um, yeah, beyond. Um, just happy holidays to everybody. We hope you have like a wonderful, you know, safe whatever it is you're doing in in the snow or in the sun. Whatever. Don't, yeah, don't don't cover up. Don't like fill a rock with snow and throw it. That's bad. Yeah. How would right. you fill a rock with snow? No, <laughs> you fill, fill snow with it. You mean put don't, a rock inside? Don't fill the, uh, snow with don't rocks. Make, don't make yeah. yellow snow either. Just across okay? the board. Don't listen yeah. to Marty at all. Oh, no. Yeah. Don't make the yellow snow. Yeah. Don't, yeah, don't, don't, eat, do don't eat the yellow snow. Don't touch it. Just don't wheeze on the electric fence. Where where'd peppers go? He I I had him put down. <laughs> he was being too much of a rascal, and so we just we had him. He's gonna he's gotta go. So um, it was nice having a dog for those couple years. Anyway, uh, thank you guys all for listening, watching, whatever it is. Uh, be sure to check out our YouTube channel. It's youtubecom beyond. Yep. Go subscribe to that. Uh, if you want those notifications, you can click that little bell button, or you can just not, Ding. and then you don't get notifications. Dong. I kept getting emails from SodaStream. I don't know why. That's the machine I use to make seltzer in my home. Somebody, yeah, signed, why. Us up, somebody signed us up for like the horse emails, which was great yeah, for a minute. That was me. They won't go away. That was me. I, I love that. them. I don't want them anymore. We get three a day. There's not that much stuff to know about the horse. I ordered a tactical vest from Amazon years ago, and I still get catalogs from Smoky Mountain Knife Works. Really? A catalog full of knives. Anyway, thank you for watching, and uh, that's the end of uh, 2017 Beyond. Yeah, we'll see you next year. Yeah. Quick Beyond. shout out to our Facebook group, too, and the moderators. You guys are awesome. Yes. Yeah. And to Smoky Mountain Knifeworks. Yeah. Presented by Smoky Mountain Knifeworks. Another Knife great also, year for Pepper, you guys. Pepper is not actually dead. He's Finally, not, a catalog that he's really cuts it. And to the horse not- team that sends the emails. <laughs> I think it's just Beyond. Beyond. Yeah. <laughs> a catalog that really cuts it. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.